Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Is a brand new Flyers Daily final day of the calendar year of 2023. It is New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2023. Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster Make More Memories Live. Flyers will mark the occasion tonight, very similarly to how they've done it over many, many years. And that's with a game on New Year's Eve. Tonight at 8 o'clock, they'll be in Calgary to take on the Calgary Flames. Second half of this four-game trip after the holiday break. Uh, They'll be on Tuesday in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. Then they'll return home Thursday to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. So let's take a look at Calgary, the opponent tonight. Calgary right now, it's been an erratic year for the Calgary Flames. More bad than good. Uh, They are 14-16-5 through 35 games. They've got 33 points. They are 4-4-2 in their last 10. Lost two straight, minus 14 in goal differential and just a game over 500 on their home ice at 8-7-1. Calgary sitting in the sixth spot of the Pacific Division of the Western Conference. It's hard to believe Calgary and Edmonton each tied with those 33 points. A lot of people weren't expecting either of those teams to be in the situation that they're in, yet here Calgary is. And uh, a team that's been up and down season to season uh, like a toilet seat. Uh, Leading the way in scoring for Calgary, and this is part of the problem, frankly, is that through 35 games, Nazem Kadri leads the way with 25 points, 9 goals, 16 assists. Decent season from Kadri, but you'll need more. Blake Coltman, second on the team in scoring. Again, uh, kind of a, a microcosm of why they are where they are. Blake Coltman, 12 goals, 12 assists, 24 points. Uh, one power play goal, two power play goals for Kadri, two for Elias Lindholm. Uh, they've obviously lost Johnny Gaudreau. They lost Matthew Kachuk. Huberdeau has been a huge disappointment in 35 games this season. Four goals and 11 assists for 15 points and a minus 14, playing just over 17 minutes a night. It's been a struggle for the Calgary Flames. Where they go from here is anyone's guest. They, they do seem like they have some decent goaltending. Jacob Markstrom was a big free agent signing for them a few years ago. 271 goals against average. Not a great save percentage, though, at 904. Uh, Dustin Wolf is probably the future in net for uh, the Calgary Flames. So, do they trade Markstrom? Are you going to be able to trade a guy with that kind of contract? Dustin Wolf has played uh, in five games a record of 1 2 and 1, but a 346 goals against average and an 893 save percentage. He looks like he's going to be a good one. He's going to need some time. Uh, to develop at the NHL level. When you look at Calgary, and you, you, I don't judge by necessarily points because teams have played different amounts of games. Really kind of the indication you want to go by is points percentage. And when you look at Calgary, I mean, it, it just hasn't been a pretty year for them. Uh, they're a team that maybe some people had expectations going into this year. I certainly did not have a lot. But they're 26 right now in points percentage in the league at .471. Conversely, when you look at the Flyers and the season that they've had, Flyers have the 11th highest points percentage in the NHL, record of 19-11-5, and a 6-14 points percentage. Flyers look to bounce off that overtime loss against the Seattle Kraken and look to get these final two games of the road trip, the Alberta Clipper, uh, done with a little bit of style. And when you look at Calgary, I guess it's kind of hard to compare a team like Calgary or Edmonton you know, to other markets like either Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, uh, any of the Florida markets, Carolina, because of obviously the weather, the Canadian tax, and a lot of different elements. But 
I mean, when you look at Calgary's year-over-year results, uh, it just they look like they're there and then just fall off. They look like they're getting close again, then they fall off. They've had some pretty darn good years um, over the last bunch. Obviously, you know, with Kachuk, Elias Lindholm, and Matthew Kachuk, they had that year in 21-22 where they go 50-21-11. and They end up with the sixth-best record in the NHL. I had a round-two loss in the playoffs. But, I mean, other than that, you see yeah, they were first in the West in 18-19. They had a real good year, 50-25-7. and seven. Um, They've had some really good years, but, you know, some of those really good years are mixed around 19th, 20th, 16th, 27th, 17th, you know, finishes overall in the NHL. I mean, obviously in 1989, it was a pretty good year for them. They won the Cup. But uh, in the salary cap era... And I think these Canadian teams, like Calgary, are at a distinct disadvantage with the tax situation. Um, I think that's just the reality of it. But uh, they've been really up and down, and uh, it's been a tough place to keep players as well for uh, those reasons that I kind of just mentioned. So Calgary, one of those teams looking to try to figure out the path. I mean, I think maybe they thought kind of moving on from Daryl Sutter uh, was going to cure a lot of ales. Uh, but that has not been the case, and uh, they just seem uh, like they're kind of uh, one of those teams walk- walking on a treadmill. We should know what that looks like, by the way. The Flyers were one of those teams walking on that treadmill and going nowhere uh, for a couple of years, uh, but it seems like that as we wrap up 2023 that they're finally walking and actually moving, which is a good thing, and moving in the right direction. So before we get to a couple of um, listener emails, um, I just want to talk about wrapping up 2023, the calendar year for the Flyers, and why I think it's so significant. I think we've seen kind of the the year start off, even though the 10-game or 11-game losing skid was just prior to 2023 starting. You're still coming off that, and obviously the taste is still there and all of it. But we've seen this team go from a team that was capable of losing 10, 11, 12 games into a team now that is viable and that is moving in the right direction. And even though this roster and this construction of this roster is not complete, um, there's still pieces that are coming that, frankly, may be the most potent pieces to come. When you look at Matvey Michkov and Cutter Gauthier, Oliver Bonk eventually, I mean— the depth in goaltending, Zagervin over in the KHL is having a legendary, a legendary season. His record, I think he's 9-0 and or 10-0. and He's got like a 9.55 save percentage. He's been unbelievable. Uh, Kolosov, maybe a little worn down right now, unbelievable. They got great depth at the goaltending position. They're beginning to build the blue line for the future. And things are really moving in the right direction. And we've talked about it in the past. Is is this going to be the year that the Flyers take a bona fide step forward that is a sustainable step forward? 2023 turned into that. I didn't see it coming so pronounced. But 2024, I think, is going to be even more pronounced as we pro- will probably see Cutter Gauthier at the end of this season. And is he a finished NHL product right now? No. He needs refinement. His game is going to need some parameters. His game is going to need... So a lot of coaching, how to play uh, away from the puck, uh, how to, you know, defend 
in the NHL against the biggest, fastest, strongest players in the world. And there's going to be a lot he's got to learn. But it just feels like 2024 is... 2023 ended up being a jumping off point, jumping off the treadmill that was going nowhere to now walking. But I think in 2024, this team can start to pick up some pace. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a time to go out and go hog wild and NHL free agency. I don't think they're there yet. But they're clearly not, no longer walk, walking on a treadmill and going nowhere. And I think 2024 is going to be a great year. And I got this comment on on one of the YouTube videos um, from an episode a couple of days ago, from the episode on the 29th. And I got to laugh at it because it's, it's so true. And it was, Oogie is wrong. He said, okay, we are officially having fun now as Flyer fans. Is this where the losing begins? And I get that mentality. Like, I understand that. As soon as you get excited, the, the bottom falls out. When you have no expectations, things are good, and you start to enjoy it. But as soon as you start to enjoy it, the enjoyment ends because losing follows. And that's, that's that treadmill that Flyer fans have been on for six, eight, nine years. Is that treadmill of, okay, we're starting to have fun, only to have the rug pulled out from where we get our hearts broken. And eventually that happens to you so many times, and you go, I can't keep doing this. I gotta not I gotta not fall for the old gag, the old banana in the tailpipe thing again. I can't keep doing this. But like so, so when Ugi says, you know, we're officially having fun now. Because there was another comment above that in the comments on, on the video, and it says, Love the way this team's plays. Wish they played this way years ago. So people are enjoying it. They are a fun team to watch. And Oogie's not wrong when he goes, is this where the fun ends? Like, I totally get that sentiment, which is why Danny Briere, Keith Jones, have been out there publicly lately. Look, I don't know this from talking to them, but I would suspect that saying, hey, just because we're winning right now doesn't mean we're abandoning our long-term plan. We didn't put together this great long-term plan that we believed in to just abandon it three months in. We're keeping the plan. This winning is good, but we're still in a rebuild. We're still going to build something that's sustainable so that we can put that stigma away with, okay, we're having fun now. Then now, now the losing is probably going to begin because, God forbid, if we're to have nice things. So I don't think anything changes with the plan, and the plan is to avoid exactly what Oogie there is saying. You know, we're, we're finally hooked in. We like the way the team plays. We like how hard they play, how honest they play. We like the result. And as soon as we start enjoying it and waking up with a hockey smile on our face, that's when the losing begins and our hearts get broken again. So uh, the, that's what this rebuild and where they are in it is that's that's your sol- that's your resoluteness to stick to it stick to the plan stick to the plan of the rebuild do not try and cut any corners do not try and microwave any elements it, it took me to this other dm i got from christopher grant shot me a dm on twitter at jason mert j-a-s-o-n-m-y-r-t he said this is the first time in six years i am staying up to watch west coast games they're actually fun to watch now 
late night Flyers hockey on a Thursday, like on a Friday or Saturday, I get you stay up. It's the weekend. It's not that big of a deal. When it's a Thursday night though, and you got to get up for work the next day, like that's a big ask to stay up till one thirty, two o'clock in the morning to watch a team that wasn't delivering for you. But this team is fun to watch. This team does provide you with that you know going into the game they're going to play their asses off. That's first and foremost. It's not even a question. But then they're going to play a style that's entertaining, and you just don't know what that game's going to offer, whether it's going to be this one nothing game uh, against the uh, New York Islanders where Sorokin and Sam Erson battle it out through a shootout to get a one nothing final score, or you're going to play Detroit to a one nothing final score, and then a week later play them to a 7-6 overtime loss. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get on any given night, but what you're probably going to get is a pretty damn entertaining two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes of sport. So that's a good thing. And like, I love seeing that note from Christopher Grant. First time in six years, I'm staying up to watch West Coast games. They're fun to watch. Look, sports are supposed to be fun. Like this is, we're supposed to be having fun. And like Oogie said, okay, we're officially having fun. Is this where the losing begins? Uh, Hopefully not. I want to get to one more message that I got uh, emailed to me. From Gregory Haripto. Uh Greg said this. He said, uh, it, first of all, on the subject line, he said, is Risto a potential Niskanen? And when I first read the subject line, I'm going, what? I mean, they don't resemble each other in stature or, you know, very many similarities. But upon reading Greg's email, I was I was going, okay, I see where he's going with this. So here's what Greg said. He said, watching Risto's game evolve and improve under Torts and Brad Shaw, do you think he could become another Niskanen? Risto has been called out by Torts uh, in postgame pressers as being a defenseman that simply kills plays. He does, he does mention that quite a bit. He said he is beginning to bring what I have termed, meaning me, Jason, um, as a nothing burger shift. Uh, Risto is also always looking to make that clean outlet pass up the ice once he regains the puck, all elements that Niskanen was praised for. That's the first part. First of all, nothing burger shift. I need a defenseman, and Niskanen was great at it. Kimo Timonen was phenomenal at it. I need a defenseman to go out there on a shift, and literally nothing happens. I don't need anything to happen for my team, but I need really nothing of consequence to happen for the other team. Nothing they can grab momentum from. I just need a nothing burger shift. Play between the top of the circle in my D zone to the top of the circle in the offensive zone. And yeah, Risto can deliver a nothing burger shift now. He can also deliver a shift with a lot of burger. Um, he's, so Greg went on to say, he says, it's obvious Risto has evolved. Even Jim Jackson and Brian Boucher have noted how much his game has improved over the past two seasons. He spent so many years on an awful Buffalo team and picked up so many bad habits. And he said, with Shaw working with him, those bad habits are going away. And they're not just going away, but they're being replaced with better habits. He said, you see the potential that Chuck Fletcher saw in him as well. Do you feel that he might be trade baited the deadline? I hope he's not. He's my favorite defenseman on the team, but that just means he will be tre- uh, traded. Um, so we'll see. Okay, as far as the Niskanen comparisons, I get what you're saying, and there are maybe some elements there. I think Niskanen was a far different type of player um, than Ristolainen, even though Niskanen, I think Niskanen was downright dirty sometimes. Um, you can say the same about Ristolainen. Ristolainen's obviously more physically imposing. And a guy that can, you have to be aware when he's out there for the opposition. Um, 
he does bring in some fear, and he also plays kind of on the edge. But now he's learned how to kind of play on the edge, play very physical, but play with guardrails. That's the best way I can describe it, is that he's got some guardrails up so he doesn't overrun plays and take take himself out of position to make plays. So I think when he first got here to Philadelphia, he played outside the dots way too much, giving up the middle of the ice on rush attempts, looking to use the boards to just destroy a guy. I thought in the D zone he would overrun plays, chase the guy, and chase the hit, thinking i got to be the big physical guy, even if i got to take myself out of structure to deliver the hit sometimes. And I think he's learned to pick his spots, play inside more, defend better, and that will make them defend less. And he does kill plays. And he is, he's got a, hes a guy that is decent at zone exits and, and that first pass as well, especially for a bigger guy. Um, I, I think he's been um, so much improved. I don't think there's any player other than year-to-year Sanheim uh, last year to this year that has improved as steadily as Risto has. And I was worried going into this year with him missing training camp, basically, and all of the preseason in the first part of the season, that all the structure and work that and guardrails that he had up in his game from last year was going to evaporate, and you're going to have to start the process over again. But that hasn't been the case, so that's been very good. So I, I don't know if he's going to be trade bait at the deadline. He's got three years left after this, I guess two years after this one, um, at a very palatable number for a very physical right-side D. I think he'd be more likely an off-season move. Usually deadline moves are more going to be for a player on an expiring deal. Um, General managers tend to reset their roster a little bit more with a couple years of term in the off-season as opposed to in-season, and it makes him a tougher fit for a lot of teams. So um, I I don't think that he'll be traded, um, but I think he is an asset to this team. And what is a very um, undersized team in total? For the Flyers, I think he provides something that they need. And his size, I think, is is a big part of that. And his physicality and the way he plays the game as well. I think and the other thing too is I don't think that we've gotten and maybe a part of this is on me, the fans have gotten to know Risto at all. Um I think he's guarded, number one. Um, and maybe I'll tell him that that I think he needs to let the guard down a little bit and let people kind of inside about who Risto is. Because this is what I do know. His teammates love him. Um, he, he's he's just a, a big, freakish athlete, and uh, his teammates love him. So um, maybe we'll have to get him on the podcast here coming up in the near future and see if we can make a bigger connection between the fans and Risto as well. Kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and crack the code on Risto. So I'll take that as my challenge. All right, Flyers-Calgary tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow with Bill Meltzer, and we'll have a brand-new first of 2024 edition of Flyers Daily. Have a great New Year's Eve, everybody.